0: given me when I was born again. He washed my stained and sinful past. He put new life within. No longer do I bear the mark that sin had brought my way. With happiness and peace of mind, praise God, I now can say, it's under the blood. Oh, praise His dear name. I'm not what I used to be. My life's been changed. Not shackled by sin and shame. It's already gone. I'm happy reminding him. It's under the blood. What can wash away my sin? nothing but the blood of jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of jesus not shackled by sin and shame it's already gone I'm happy reminding him it's under the blood. I'm happy reminding him it's under the blood.
1: How many of you are glad it's under the blood this morning? Amen. What a blessing. Thank you all so much. Appreciate that so much. Brother Ken, you come on, get us a congregation song to sing. Let me say real quickly this morning, thank you all. Uh, on Wednesday, I know if you watched the live stream, you saw what happened. Thank you for the calls and texts and phone calls, making sure we were all right. Everything was good, but I appreciate folks checking in on us. I have to tell you, if you ever in a crisis, uh, you want Randy Harris by your side. Because I can just flat out tell you, they were watching the service. Of course, we called 911. 90 seconds, the cops were here. And about two seconds later, Randy Harris was here, ready to take out anybody that needed to be taken out. Let me just tell you thank you, Brother Randy. We appreciate you, buddy. Let's all stand together. We'll have a congregation song this morning. Brother Ken.
2: Amen. Let's do I Know My Name Is There. We'll do the first and last verse this morning. I Know My Name Is There. my name is in the book of life oh bless the name of jesus i rise above
1: so much you can be seated let me give you a couple of quick announcements this morning and then I want these ladies to sing just one song before Brother Heath comes to sing, uh, to preach for us. First of all, uh, thank you so much for your participation this morning. Don't forget, no services tonight, but our uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, beginning at 7 o'clock, Scott Matthews will be preaching. The Matthews family will be singing, man, you don't want to miss it. We're looking forward to a great, great time together. So you be here under the tent and uh, uh, come ready to worship the Lord this morning. I, uh, I'm i so glad that Robin's with us today. Uh, we love this young lady. Yeah, She's uh, She and Brother Steve are just part of the SAGBC family, amen? And so I want them to sing this song this morning. I know it'll bless your heart. Y'all sing, ladies. that good this morning. Amen. Wonderful, ladies, thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate that, Brother Heath, you come on this morning. Don't forget now, Wednesday week, that'll be September the 9th, we're going to transition our Wednesday night services back inside for those of you that feel comfortable. Uh, we'll have our social distancing mapped out, and we encourage you to be with us if you're comfortable. Of course, if not, we'll have live streaming available. Uh, so you pray as we transition back inside that God will keep us safe uh, and bless those churches that are doing likewise. Man, I am so glad to have Brother Heath Williams with us this morning. Love this young preacher. Love his testimony. We got to know him many years ago, and I've just been amazed at how God's using his life, how God's blessing his ministry. If you're glad he's here this morning, give him one more round of applause. We love you, Brother Heath. Come on, preach for us, buddy.
3: God bless you. Well, if you love the Lord, say amen. It is a privilege to be here with you today. And I told Miss Renee, I said, I never would have dreamed we'd ever be meeting this way. Yeah. And, uh, but who would have ever thought a lot of things has happened in 2020 yeah. and uh, it's been a crazy year and a lot of unknowns. But here's what I do know, I know that the Lord sure wasn't taken Woo. by surprise. Yeah. God's still on the throne yes. and He's still a God that's worth serving. Yes, Boy, I appreciated that by Miss Annie and yeah. I appreciate everybody singing. I love that testimony though about her grandson. That thrilled my heart. Did you know we're living for something beyond ourselves? Yes. We're living for more than ourselves. You say, well, preacher, it don't seem like there's much to church these days, and this sure ain't the way we'd hope it would be. Well, it may not be. But you know, I've always found that in unusual times is usually when God does unusual things. And I thought it was very interesting what one old preacher said. I was listening to some fellers talk, and I love hearing what the... The older men of God have to say that wisdom. He said this, he said, It seems as though we have prayed for so long for God to do something to get us out of the routine and to help stir the church and to get us on target with God. And he said, Now all of a sudden God's done some things. And he says, Now everybody else is saying, and When are we going to get back to normal again? And he said, Maybe we don't need normal. And I know that some things we certainly got to get back together and you know what I'm saying this morning, but I'll tell you this, God sure has shook us in our country, taking a lot of things away from us. There's a lot of unknowns today, but I'm glad we still serve a God that can do something in our lives. I want to ask you something, we'll get into text this morning. How many of you would say this, preacher, I've got a burden on my heart, I'd like to see God use me. To see something happen in today's. I got people in my family. I got things on my heart. I know people that need the Lord. I was just thinking about her testimony. And I want to preach to you this morning. I've been all the way from Genesis to Revelation and back. And I promised the Lord a long time ago. If he'd get in the way, I'd sure get out of the way. And I know that you can preach a lot of things. But that ain't what we need this morning. We don't need a lot of things. We just need the one subject, the text that the Lord would have. From the word of God. And so I believe we should be in First Kings chapter number 18 this morning. And that just sort of settled my heart as she is testifying. And I believe that all of us here today. If there's one word that maybe should be floating in our heart. in these days or one question maybe you could put it even better that way would be. What can I do for my church? Yeah. There's that real big statement in history. And it's been used many times. That's not what your country can do for you but what you can do for your country. And I say to you, these are the hardest days that the church has faced in a long time. Somebody asked me not long ago, they said, what's your opinion on what we should do as far as pastors getting in the church? I looked at them and said, I don't have one. They looked at me strange, said, will you travel? Surely you got one, you've been around. I said, if God thought my opinion was that good, I'd be a pastor and not an evangelist, so I'll plead the fifth. And there's a whole lot of truth in that. It's easy to be an expert as long as you're, you're, you really don't have to make the decision. Because you can say a lot of things till your name's on it. And it changes everything. And so this morning it's a hard day to be a Christian. To, be, to figure out things the church is facing. But I say it's a hard day if it's hard for anybody to be the leader in a church. To be a pastor. Boy, these are days that we ought to ask that question. Ask not what the church can do for us. We've asked that a long time. But we don't really join a church to get something. You're supposed to join a church to give something. And if God's ever needed God's people to do some giving, and I'm not talking about money, we always talk about that and that's fine. That's part of it. I'm not embarrassed of that today it takes money to reach people and to do things we all know that but I'm talking about something much more valuable to you and me than even our money. I'm talking about our heart. I'm talking about our emotions everything that encompasses who we are because that's really what's most precious to us. And if Jesus gets all of our heart and he's the only reason we're wanting to live I promise you everything else will fall right together. Now I want to look at a man who's been Sort of, if you will, misrepresented in history. Now, I'm gonna to preach to you about how we can serve from the shadows and make a difference. You stand with me, if you don't mind. One Kings, chapter number 18, verse number three. The Bible says, "And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house." Notice this phrase. Now, you got to hear this morning, or you miss the whole thing. In the parentheses, the Bible says, "Now Obadiah." feared the Lord greatly read that with me again now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly for it was so and Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water and Ahab said unto Obadiah go into the land and on all the fountains of water and in all the brooks preadventure we may find grass to save the horses and mules alive, that we lose not all the beast. So they divided the land between them to pass throughout it. Ahab went one way by himself. Nobadiah went another way by himself. And as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him and knew him and fell on his face and said, Art thou my Lord Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah's here. And he said, What have I seen that thou wouldst deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab? To sway me. I want to take that phrase especially this morning along with several others. No, but I feared the Lord greatly. And I want to talk to you about his testimony. And I want to talk to you about it this way: the unsung hero of the faith. Yeah. The unsung hero of the faith. Father, in Jesus' name, you, one more time we ask you to help us today. Now, you, God, we humble ourselves before you. Yes. Lord God, we need you. Yes. God, these are uncertain days, but you're still a certain God sitting high on your throne. God, your word still is relevant, powerful, and real as it's ever been. God, I pray this morning you'd have a word for your people. Dear God, bless this church, the meeting this week. Holy Ghost, may you fall on it like the morning dew. God, we need your presence this morning. We need anything in these days. Opinions won't do it. Politics won't do it. But dear God, a move of yourself amongst your people a hunger in our hearts, a desire to make a difference. God will make all the difference. Help us now, give us unction to preach. God, anoint your people to be able to hear and obey the word. Let us leave different. We came in today, God, and we'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory. And it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You can be seated. Well, some time ago, a a preacher friend of mine, really a hero to me, we were riding together to go pray. We were going on a prayer retreat. And he asked me this question while we were calm. He said, have you ever thought much about Obadiah? I said, not really, preacher. I've ran over it maybe in the Bible. Never really gave much to it. He said, you know, they said that he was a compromiser and a liberal and so on and so forth. He said, but I got a little verse I want you to throw around in your mind. I said, all right, preacher. And he read to me the last of verse number three. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. He said, how in the world can a man be represented or remembered so bad as somebody that didn't love God if the Bible says he feared the Lord. That did get to what we would call getting that curiosity or running in my mind, I guess. And I had a scratch, or I had an itch that I needed to scratch. And so I started thinking about it and digging and looking. And a lot of times you've ever preached or taught, you know, or wrote a song even, sometimes you mess with it a little bit and you got to come back later. And so it floated for a while in my heart. I'll never forget, we was at Christmas time. Guess it's been probably a year or so going now. And my grandma was down there getting everything cooked. And I come in early. How many of you know when you're the first grandchild, you're the favorite? Wave at me. The rest of you in here, you can be jealous if you want to. My sister ain't here, so don't tell her. But there's something different I always like to pick about. Grandma let me in the kitchen when she won't let anybody else. I got no clue how to cook, I just know how to eat. Look at me. But I get in there with her and do what she tells me. And you know how it is at Christmas. Them little old grandmas are so gracious to do all of that. And she's on blood pressure medicine. So she don't sleep good the night before because she's worried. Now she done got up early. She ain't rested. She's stressed out. Now her face is turning red. She's overheated herself and overworked. She takes one of them pills. It ain't too long after that. I look over and say, Grandma, you're looking weaker. I said, I think it's not coming down. She said, let me go check it again, and she will. And she comes back, and she'll take one of them high-octane peels. Some of y'all's got them, don't you? That first one's just for normal days. But when you really need it, they got that special peel that'll reach a little deeper. And if it won't bring your blood pressure down, they probably ain't any hope for you at all. That thing's so powerful, she popped that peel. 30 minutes later, she's perked up, and she says, son, it's done come down. She's digging in there. We used to eat at 11 o'clock. Now we eat at 2 o'clock because it's so hard on her. She's 80 years old now. And I thought about it as I left out of that kitchen and went set back in the living room and my whole family's coming over and this is coming and the kids are running in. There's presents all under the tree. She's bought and wrapped. She's decorated everything. Had me on the roof for at least one or two Saturdays while I'm home from preaching. Got the whole place lit up like the grist walls. Everything's lit up. I mean, the meter on the houses are running like this and we got inflatables all out in the yard. She just wants everybody to have a good time. And the Lord sat down with me right there in that recliner chair and asked me this question. He said, have you ever thought about the sacrifice your grandma makes to make all this happen? You think about things one way when I was a kid. Now that I'm 31 years old, I'm married, got two kids. Our older men always told me, son, you get over 30 with a family, you think different. And I'm starting to see things differently than I did as a teenager. I was sitting there and I looked around and I said, wait a second, this don't just happen. You're right, Lord. I said there's a lot of sacrifice and love involved in this and the Lord said you know your grandma's on a fixed budget always she got Social Security number or money they've never had much money my grandpa worked a common job they lived in a little meal house they've always just had mostly very common use things but my grandma always has the presence my family's a big family and most of, I'm the smallest of all of them so if that tells you anything she's got to take a lot from the grocery store to feed us and the lord said what do you reckon that cost boy my mind started racing and i said you're right lord I said I wonder how many times she put back something at the grocery store that she really wanted. I wonder how many times she said I'd buy this for myself down at the shopping center but I won't have enough money for the grandchildren's Christmas gifts. I've always had some of the best gifts. My sister, my little cousins, you'd think she was rich based off of what she gets you and we tell her don't do it anymore. I'm 31 years old and I still got to turn in a Christmas list if I want to get to come eat. She still is doing it. I said, Grandma, don't spend your money that way. You hear me this morning. Here's what Granny will always say. She'll say, Son, it's the joy of my life. Don't take that away from me. That will turn something in. I said all that to say this. Do you know that church don't just happen? If the Lord does something this week, it's not a coincidence it don't just accidentally fall together you just don't hire a good pastor and he does everything and it works out and you blow in and blow out Did you know that just as intentional As Thanksgiving and Christmas must be Somebody cooks, somebody labors Somebody sacrifices, somebody gives Somebody in love does some things That's exactly what happens At the church Now I know some people can't come to church Because they're sick Some people can't labor right now Because they have compromised immune systems And we're in strange days I understand all of that But you hear this preacher this morning If you've got good health in your body And the Lord. Lord has blessed you and you're saved by the grace of God and you're part of this church. I don't care if you're under the tent or you're watching on the live stream for whatever reason today. I want you to know that the church needs you. It's not about what the church can do for you. It's not about enjoying your time at home. This ain't a vacation we're on spiritually. We're in a battle. This ain't no playground. We're in a war zone. The devil's come against the church. He's coming against your families. He's trying to keep your grandbabies from being saved. And just as granny had to intentionally sacrifice, plan, prepare, and work so we could have a good Christmas, if you want the church to come through this, have God's power on it. See your family saved. See this thing turned around. Somebody's going to have to serve from the shadows. Just as there's people like Obadiah of yesteryear that hid in the shadows. They wasn't known like Elijah, but they did something for God. There's got to be some of us. Not everybody can stand here. Not Everybody can lead or sing, but a whole lot of us can do little things. There's no big eyes or little you. Somebody built this. Somebody parks cars. Somebody did the sound. Somebody'll mow grass. Somebody'll just pray. If there's anything we need in these days, it'd be good just to skit some new prayer warriors. Yeah. And in the shadows of their home, in a dark place somewhere, with God, would get a hold of the Lord and say, "God, let me do something yeah. for the glory of God." I don't know who you are. I I don't know exactly how you made up but God made your own purpose with a purpose and somewhere in your life there's an opportunity for you to serve I did to give you two or three things I'll be out of the way notice with me now there's two responses to a man like Obadiah an unsung hero a servant from the shadows there's two different types of responses by people it's gonna look pretty bad but by God it's gonna look pretty good I don't mean to shoot my message before I get started this morning but you ought to just go ahead and accept something I like what one old preacher said he said it like this if you want everybody to like you sell ice cream there's a lot of truth to that outside of selling ice cream I don't know much else you can do that everybody's gonna like you and be happy but guess what we ain't in this thing for popularity, opinions, or building up our name. But we are in this thing to make much of Jesus. And as long as Jesus is happy, as long as Jesus is is proud of you, you're in the will of God, if you will. That's all that matters in our lives. Notice with me now. By people, number one, he was misunderstood. Look at verse number four. He says, I took a hundred prophets, or excuse me, rather, verse number three, and Ahab called Obadiah, Notice with me now, look right before verse number 3. The Bible says, a believer out of touch with God. If you've got a Schofield like me this morning, that's the heading above this text. Now look at his name there. It's got a footnote beside it. Here's what Mr. Schofield said. In such a time as the reign of Ahab and Jezebel, a believer's true place was by Elijah's side. Obadiah is a warning type of the men of God who adhered to the world while still seeking to serve God. The secret of the Lord and the power of the Lord were with Elijah. If he ain't already took enough of a cut at him, listen to this. Listen to the last part. It says the separated servant. Now you say, preacher, what's this saying? What's the big deal? Here's what's happening in your Bible. We've got a man by the name of Obadiah who loves God, who's trying to serve the Lord, who's doing what God's called him to do where God's called him to serve. But here's what happens in the text. Obadiah comes by the way of Elijah, and Elijah mistreats him. We'll look at that in a second. But then we find that Obadiah stays the course, serves God, lives right, dies right. Now here we are in 2020. 2020. Every commentator you read after, Mr. Schofield, who's maybe one of the most popular uh, Bible uh, references, if you will, that most people use. I preach out of one. I like how it's laid out. I don't agree with him on everything. But look here. He even says, man, here's what I think about this guy. He should have been with Elijah. He's a compromiser. He's a liberal. I mean, here's what he's almost saying. He's apostate. He's the one that everybody should look at and say, I don't want to be like that guy and I should be like this guy. But I just got one question for you this morning. If that's true, then how come the Holy Ghost who wrote our Bible said, Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. My Bible, here's a verse for you this morning, church. The Bible says the beginning of the Lord, or the the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you fear God, you got wisdom. And if you have wisdom, you're going to serve him because you'll know that's what matters. So here's what I come to tell you this morning. This man's right with God. This man loves the Lord. This man wants to make a difference. He's got a genuine love in his heart. But guess what? People didn't always understand him. And if you're in a Baptist church for any amount of time, you're going to find out that not everybody's going to appreciate. Not everybody's going to understand. Well, she just sings to God. She wants to be seen. How come so-and-so's always got to do this? How come they always volunteer? They just volunteer volunteer because they want somebody to know them how come he's always got to preach like that how come he's got to always well he always talks to them and not me well so and so this listen you hear me there's always gonna be some chatter the devil's always gonna try to discourage you but I find that Obadiah stayed the course and here's what I love this morning church he may not have been remembered right by history not have been rewarded by men down here but I promise you God keeps a good record book and the Lord will reward him and the Lord will remember him I'm just telling you this morning it still pays to serve God there may be a pandemic there may be a fear there may be issues there may be things going on but I want you to know that it's still worth serving God yeah they may get mad at you yes people may misunderstand but we're not in this thing for people we're not in this thing for popularity, we're in this thing to do something for God if you cook, do it for the glory of God, if you work with the kids do it for the glory of God, if you vacuum carpets, do it in Jesus name, if you pray, pray on church, if we ever needed prayer, we need it now, there was an Obadiah, if there wasn't an Obadiah it wouldn't have been an Elijah, why in the world would it matter to pray rain down off the sky, out of the sky, off the mountain in a little while, if Obadiah hadn't saved the prophets, It. Takes all kind of different people doing something for God. Notice with me. He was misunderstood. Now we find this. He was also mistreated. Verse number 8. And he answered him, I am. Go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah's here. Now here's what happens. The king so trusts Obadiah. Here's what I like to call him. He's an assassin on the inside. In other words, Ahab don't even know that he's so loyal to God. See, isn't it amazing, and i am I got to move on and say this this morning, I hope it helps somebody. We get so caught up in our kind of churches that everybody's got to do it just like we do. Not everybody's got to preach just like me. I'm loud, I've been loud all my life, but you don't have to preach that way. Some people pray loud, you don't have to. Some people shout loud, you don't have to. Listen, you, you leave me alone and I'll shout loud And I'll leave you alone And you smile, nod, wave your hand or whatever you do We don't all worship the same It's just important that we worship It's just as important that it's genuine between you and God Elijah's a bold lightning rod on the outside Obadiah is sort of what we would call a meek and mild Sneaky kind of guy on the inside And both of them God is using for his glory You ought to find out today why you're made like you are You ought to ask God What purpose am I saved for Because you're saved on purpose with a purpose God wants to use your life in some way If you're quiet there's a place for you Backwards there's a place for you If you're like me and you laugh There's a place for you. God takes all kind of people and puts us together and makes up his church and does something. What should have happened in this story is Elijah should have appreciated Obadiah and Obadiah should have appreciated Elijah. But guess what happened? Obadiah humbles himself and he appreciates Elijah, but Elijah's got a little bit of the big head and he doesn't appreciate Obadiah. How do you know? The Bible says that Obadiah bowed to him. And said my Lord Elijah he's reverence and so he appreciates what he's done for God but guess what you know what Elijah does he says read between it the lines it's in the white parts as I like to say yeah. you know what he does if he is from the country he gave a little just tug you know how somebody's gonna say something real important I've seen him before now who built this over here that looks mighty good <clears throat> Yeah, you're looking at him. <laughs> Whose new truck? Yeah. <laughs> Just bought it yesterday. That's what Elijah's doing. He's going, Yeah, that's me. I'm the man that shut the up. I'm out here serving God. What are you doing, liberal? He's almost like Mr. Schofield. You got to see the tone in the words. He's looking at him, he's saying, So what? So much so you can feel the emotions and the hurt in Obadiah, he tries to justify himself. He's the younger prophet, if you will. The younger servant of the Lord. Elijah's the older man or the more popular, the more used, whatever you want to call it. But everybody looks to Elijah. He's the man that's carrying the mantle. And this younger man or this, or, or lower, and I hate to even use them words, but Obadiah's not known like Elijah's known. And so he's looking at him, and he's saying, your opinion matters. Uh, thank you, some encouragement matters. He says, I have fed the prophets by the hundred. I've split them into fifties. I've been working for the Lord. See that I'm on the same side as you. I'm working like we're different. We're in different places, but I'm working for God. And Elijah just says, so.
1: Yeah.
3: He says, scurry on now and go tell you. Here's a word with you today. Go tell your boss. Yeah. Go, go on, little feller. Go tell your boss I'm here. And it crushes him. Yeah. Crushes him. Can I tell you something today, church? A thank you goes a long ways. Yeah, man. Yes, sir, there's anything we struggle with in America, From the fellow you're looking at today to the back, it's probably all of us having thankfulness, gratitude in our hearts, being able to say thank you. Somebody put some shade up over you today. You ought to tell them thank you. Somebody put the sound up. Tell them thank you. Somebody takes care of something in your life. Tell them thank you. Somebody prays for you, tell them thank you. Go above and beyond to tell people that they matter, that you appreciate them. Why? Because you don't know the discouragement that they may have tucked away in their hearts somewhere. Obadiah is exhausted. He's probably to some degree wondering if it's still worth it. He's fighting the devil just like Elijah. It would have done wonders for him had this prophet, this man with such clout, looked at him and said, appreciate you it would have shot a fire up in him it would have gave him fortitude to go on but the man of God crushed him yeah I'll show you now by God misunderstood mistreated it's looking bad but business is about to pick up notice now by God number one his focus was relentless let me read that to you again Obadiah feared the Lord greatly and that's the it about that see it. what's that mean it means God didn't have to put a butt in there anyways anywhere. God never had to stop right there and say, well, he feared God. But after Elijah, he moved on. After he got hurt, he quit and went to the house. After somebody didn't say thank you, after a pandemic, after things happened, he quit. We couldn't find him. He backed up. No, no, no. That's not what your Bible says about this man who is greatly blessed by God. What it actually says is he feared the Lord. In other words, all the days of his life, in the beginning he feared God and served Him. In the middle of a crisis, when the Jezebel was killing everybody and Ahab lost his mind, and there was a drought and they're starving to death, guess what? Obadiah was doing. He had both feet planted, had his focus up at heaven. And he's saying, this world ain't my home. And I'm going to keep on a serving God. And when Elijah cut him, he just kept on serving God. And when everybody misunderstood him, he just kept on serving God. Because he kept looking up. And he said, if Jesus is pleased, if the Lord is pleased, that's all that matters. Yeah. Can I tell you today, you may like me or not, I hope you do. But if you don't, it really don't matter at the end of the day, at the end of time. We may not all do things the same way. We may not all cross our T's the same way But if we love the Lord and we're saved We're going to heaven together And we ain't a living for one another We're really living for the Lord Our focus has got to be planted on Him If we've learned anything through all of this It's how bad we need God We've got to get our focus on Him You can't look around And be preoccupied with everything again We've got to be locked in with Him Because if not you won't make it in these days Isn't it amazing, isn't it amazing how we've lost sports? They barely playing, and at that it's going crazy. Lost sports. We've lost a lot of our securities. Some people can't even go to their job at work. They're still working from home. Children ain't going to school. My mom's stressed to the max because she manages, she's an RN, she manages a large facility. And all of her CNA's under her, they're all saying, I need to be off at least three days a week now. I've got children at home. They're not going to school. I've got nowhere to put them. I've got to teach them. Yep. She's like, well, who's going to give shots? Who's going to be with this doctor? We already had a nurse shortage. What are we going to do? Everything has been taken. Yep. We're not even sure when we can work, when we can go to school, when things can happen. And listen, we all got opinions. That's wonderful. And we sit and talk about them after church, but it won't do a thing. Ain't nobody going to call and ask you, and they ain't calling asking me. I know they ain't asking me. But guess what I know? I may not be able to change anything this way. And no governor's calling me. And nobody's wanting to know what I think. And I'm not going to have an audience with the president. But I tell you what, I can enter into the throne room of the king of kings. I can lock my focus in. I can say, God, I loved you yesterday when it was good. I love you today when everything's falling apart. And God, help me to serve you. Because a lot of people serving in the shadows, doing small things, like one snowflake against another eventually creates an avalanche we can make a difference church but it's from the shadows serving God let me say this and I'm moving on I know that any Clemson fans here I'm in Virginia probably not take it with a grain of salt don't get mad at me I didn't figure there would be any Clemson fans but I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily either. I'm not from down there. But I do appreciate Dabo Sweeney and what seems to be a solid testimony. And uh, he made this statement. I come up off the couch. If you pay attention to that fella, you'll get, about get you some little message thoughts. Or at least some one-liners. He loves using David, Goliath, all this stuff. He takes his kids to church, yada, yada, yada. He said this statement back during the national championship. Ohio State was playing Clemson. Okay. Some of you remember this back when there were sports. I know it seems like it was forever ago. And they were having a semifinal showdown to get to the championship game. And all the newspapers wrote and said, it's over. Clemson can't win. They ain't got a chance in the world. They're outmatched. They don't have the talent Ohio State does. And so Mr. Dabo, the coach, brings all this in. And he's holding it up. And he says, men, look at this. And they're looking at all the headlines. I would think that as a coach... I'd probably say something like, that's fake news. You know how the newspapers are. But that's not what he did. Here's what he did. He held them up. He said, they're right. How'd you like that for a pep talk for game week? He said, they're better than we are, man. They're faster. They're more talented. Individually, they may have more people drafted. He said, they're an incredible team. No doubt, probably the whole team's looking around. Here's what he said. He said, but men, talented individuals don't win championships. He said, teams do. And here's the statement he made that got a hold of my heart. He said, men, everything they're saying's right. He said, but I got one statement. I want you to pin it in your heart all week. He said, they can prepare for what we do, but not who we are. He said, we have a Clemson way. We're all in. It's a team thing. It's a, a brotherhood. It's a love, it's a bond, it's a giving 110 for one another. And he said, they may know what plays we're going to run, but they can't prepare for the heart and the grit and the fight and the team effort we're going to show. Boy, I come up off my couch, and here's what I want to tell you today. At Stanley Town Amazing Grace Baptist Church, the devil may be able to prepare for everything we do. He knew you'd be outside today. He knew there'd be a meeting this week. He knew there'd be a pandemic. He knew all these things was a coming. And he can put all these plays together. If we're on offense, if you will, trying to get the gospel out and reach people and score a touchdown, if you will, for Jesus. He may know the play. He may set up the perfect defense but there's one thing he cannot account for my Bible says if you're saved by the grace of God then greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus I don't care what China's doing I don't care what the world's doing I don't care if the UN falls apart tomorrow and America goes bankrupt none of that affects the God of heaven the Holy Ghost of God the comforter that Jesus said he was he said I go away he's a prey on the right hand of the Father the Holy Spirit come on the inside and he said greater works than these what he did he said ye shall do why because you got the spirit in here and you've got the son praying to the father in the heavenlies and with that combination you cannot fail you can do exceedingly abundantly above the devil may prepare for what we do but he cannot prepare for who we are or a better way who's on the inside of us it ain't me today I didn't come in my strength, I didn't come in my gifts but if God gets a hold of this thing and we get out of the way and we put our focus on Him there's a God who can change it all I'm just trying to tell you today there's still plenty of hope best thing you can do is turn the news off, put your Maylocks bottle down, grab your Bible and get to wallowing in it and find out that God's still God and serving from the shadows will still make a difference I give you these last two together. They tie together and I'll take my seat. I find secondly and thirdly together his faith was rewarded and his family was remembered. Amen. Look at verse number four at the end. Here's when he was telling Elijah and trying to explain it to him. He said that Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord. He said, I took a hundred prophets, hid them by 50 in a cave, and fed them with bread and water. Let's just think today, I I don't claim to be a mathematician, but let's just use some simple numbers. The Bible does tell us that when Elijah was hiding, God fed him twice a day. So let's assume the Lord always takes care of his people, and so let's assume that's how he did it. So now the Bible tells us that Obadiah is hiding a hundred men, maybe women and children too, and they're all in the cave somewhere. And the Bible said he was feeding them with bread and water. Now, water there don't mean he jerked up some muddy water out of the brook and served it. It speaks of a liquid, something refreshing to drink. So he's getting them something to drink, something to eat twice a day. In our money today, let's just shoot low. Be concerned. What if? It costs a dollar a person. All right. Well, if we have no women or children accounted for, I told you we'll shoot very low. That's $100. Twice a day that's two hundred dollars how long did he feed them for preacher I don't know the Bible don't say the drought was three and a half years what if it was 365 days what if it was two years what if it was three years what if there was women and children what if it was a lot more than a dollar a day in our money how did this happen how did this man afford this how did he do all of this I'm going to step outside gonna give you a little history here. You hear me? There is not a verse in your Bible for this, but here's what Jewish history says recorded. Just as we read history at the schools and we teach about what's been passed down, about revolution and so forth in our country, here's Jewish history. Here's what they teach. They said that Obadiah got a burden to protect the prophets. God put it in his heart. So he takes and he hides them in the caves. Two caves, 50 in each, probably family and children too. And So now let's think about this. You say, well, he's second in command to Ahab. He just went in the store and got some food and water and took it to him. Let me ask you a question. You know where your money is at today? Wave at me. Look, Baptists don't want to tell the truth. You know where your money is. If not, you let me know and I'll go manage it for you. We all know every dollar. I don't care if you're worth a hundred or a million. You know where your money is. Ahab's in the middle of a pandemic. He knows where his money is. You ain't just gonna walk in there and take up a bunch of food, get some water and pack it all up and go walking out enough for hundreds of people and him not know it. He's already paranoid. So guess what? History says that Obadiah had to go to a far country and borrow it from a wealthy man. Now in these days, you just borrow money and if you don't pay it back, you can just file bankruptcy, wait five years and do it again. That's the American way. Between that and a credit card, you didn't have anything, amen? It didn't work like that back then. Guess what? He had to sign his name in yeah. a handshake, and guess what? If he didn't pay it back, the law would enforce that his children would go into slavery. Exactly right. So this man, literally, we talk about faith, and it's easy to talk about faith. We read verse, my favorite verse, my life verse is, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and what? That he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It is true that there's a faith that you get rewards from. You can have faith and move mountains. God can put you in a burden and show you his will. And you can have the faith to pray. And big things happen. And you can be rewarded. And grandbabies can be saved. And God can do exceedingly abundant above. But hear me, church. What kind of faith are we talking about? Amen. We're not talking about enough faith just to come to church every now and then. We're not talking about enough faith just to tithe most of the time. We're not talking about faith just to whisper a prayer for your preacher once or twice a week. The kind of faith that God talks about sends great rewards and power is the kind of faith that radically goes beyond worrying about you. And you get that focus and you get your heart totally consumed with Him. Now the Bible is very clear. Obedience is better than sacrifice. If God ain't told you to do something, don't do it. But I believe that most of us, you're like me. There's a lot of things I've told God I will do. But there's some things, boy, it's hard to surrender to. And the Lord's saying do this or don't do that or tell this person it's okay, I forgive you or go to this person and pray with them or make this right or dedicate more time to prayer. Get up early and sacrifice your time. Give up some pleasure to give more time to God and the church and those things are hard for us. But I want you to understand before I ever tell you how greatly Obadiah was rewarded, I want you to understand how great his sacrifice in faith was. Because unless we do our part, God is certainly not going to do for us what he did for Obadiah. So he goes to the foreign country, and here's where I'm closing. He signs his name, and every day he's bringing food to him that he's gotten. He's literally, church, if God, what if it's worth a million dollars? You start running them numbers, he'll never be able to pay this back. This is radical faith that God's put in his heart. Now, I don't think the Lord's calling on anybody to borrow a million dollars. To help us get through the pandemic. That's not the days we're living in. But see the principle in your heart. This man was willing to do anything that God asked him to do. Because God was supreme in his life. Amen. You want God to smile on you in these times. Touch your heart. Give you hope. Answer your prayers. Touch your family. Lift your burdens. Get glory. Do you want your life to glorify God? you want your life to count? then there's got to be something inside of us that's like Obadiah. God, you ain't asking me to do that, but I'd do anything for you. Yeah. God, anything that was really you, I'd do it because all that really matters is not me, but you. Yeah, man. And so he signs his life and his family away. And every day he's coming in and he's putting his family on line. If they catch him, they'll torture his family, him, and everybody else and kill him. And every day the devil's probably saying, you're a fool. Look what you're doing. What about your family? You're going to get them killed. And guess what? You know what he had to do in the midst of fear and a pandemic? He had to look up to heaven. The focus was relentless. I'm emphasizing that because that's where we're living at. We're going to have to have a focus that's relentless. Yep. And he said, I'm going to take one more step. And then the devil said, I wouldn't go any further. He says, Jesus is worth it. I love my family by faith, by grace. I'm trusting God will keep us safe. Another step. Yeah, man. And another step. And every day he walked into harm's way and he came back home And he walked into harm's way. And he came back home. And that kind of faith moved the heart of God. And God said, I know you got a great debt. I know you ain't going to be able to pay it by yourself. But hear me, church. If you stand by God and you stand by the word of God and you stand by the church, especially in times like this, I promise you the God of the word and the God of the church will stand by you and stand by your family. I give you this and I'm done. His family was remembered. Here's what history says. History says that Obadiah died tragically. He didn't live to a real long old ripe age and he never paid his debt off and he died and his family's left in bondage. They're fixing to wind up having the debt collectors come. They're going to take his children, put them in slavery and their whole life is going to be over. Can I be honest with you? There's been some times We've gotten calls, people we know. I just got a call this morning, dear friend of mine, his brothers, he's been in a car wreck. Nobody knows how, how it's really, it's just. It's all up in there right now. Who's going to live and who ain't? It's tragic, they're being airlifted places. I, got, I found out about it about three this morning. Terrible situation. They served God with all their heart. Matter of fact, they was out of town serving God when the wreck happened. You never know. You're always a phone call away. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't always know what God's doing. Right. I'd be crazy to sit here and tell you I know exactly why God does what he does. Be downright honest with you today, church, sometimes it don't even make sense. It's either you're going to say I'm going to live by faith or I'm going to live by facts and stay frustrated and quitting on God. Yeah. And we find here that Obadiah, I wonder if his wife ever just sat down with her, her head just buried, saying, God, where are you? God, why? God, why? What's happening? What am I going to do? But watch this. Just when it seemed like God was nowhere to be found, he was never more active in their lives. But just as Obadiah spent his life in the shadows serving God, God was in the shadows preparing a blessing. Here's what he did. The Bible says that when Elijah went to the juniper tree, you remember that? He He got backwards on God. He ran out. And the Lord had to straighten him out. History says that God dealt with him about Obadiah and how he treated him. And it broke his heart. And he wanted to come back and make it right, preacher. Yeah. But there was one problem. Obadiah died before Elijah could get there and make it right. Wow. Can I tell you something? We better be careful what we do, what we say, and how we treat people. Because sometimes you may not get a chance yeah. to make it right. That's why we appreciate one another. So Elijah, when he's going up to heaven, 2 Kings chapter number 2, the mantle's going to fall, Elisha's going to get it, he's going for God. When the two walked on and talked, history says part of what they talked about was Elijah looked at Elisha and said, listen, here's what God told me at the juniper tree and in the caves. And he said, my heart is broken over this family. He says, be sure to go check on them. And if there's anything you can do, please, please help them out. So the Bible says he goes to heaven, the mantle falls, Elisha picks it up, he parts Jordan, he goes across. That's 2 Kings 2. Two chapters later, 2 Kings 4. Remember in your Bible there's an unnamed widow yeah. who has a great debt. History says that old Elisha went and knocked on the door. That little widow's Obadiah's wife. Oh, wow. And she opens the door and he says, I'm here. I'm Elijah's protege. I'm the young man, and she probably thought Amelia, oh boy, we're going to get hurt again. That's all they know. But maybe Elisha started having them tears run down. He said, no, no, it's different. And he tells the story. And he said, God sent me here. He's remembered your family, and he wants to help you. And boy, she probably cried and shouted, I sure would if my babies was about to go in slavery and never see them again. And the man of God said, what do you got? He says, go to all your neighbors, borrow all your pots. Come in and shut the door. There's a whole lot of things in our lives, you know what we need to do? Turn off social media, the news, quit listening to everything going on. Quit listening to all this negativity, all this hate bashing. Shut everything off, close the doors, get along with God and find out what God has to say. And the man of God told her, he said, All right, we're going to pray. And guess what? The Bible says that oil started going from pot to pot to pot to pot. And when it got to the last one, the Bible says the oil stayed. And in that day, oil was more precious than gold. She's looking at a million-dollar operation in today's money. She's probably doing this. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what Elisha said. He said, take all the oil. He said, go sell it. And I love this church. Hear me. This will bless you today. This is the end. This I said everything so you could appreciate this and encourage your heart. That man of God looked at her. He said, "Go sell the all." He said, "Pay thy debt," and then this is my favorite part: "and live off the rest." Yeah. Here's what the Lord's saying, the Holy Ghost in the writings here. He's letting them know. But he's letting us know all these years later. He's saying it still pays to serve the Lord. It didn't make sense in the moment. It didn't make sense at Obadiah's funeral. No doubt people said he. no doubt people said it was in vain no doubt people said he should have just served the king and lived for this world because look what's happened now God's failed him nothing's happened oh but I wonder if God didn't draw Obadiah over and maybe Elijah too and they stood around the throne and maybe God opened up the heavens and Obadiah looked and said hey wait a second God that's my wife that's my children God says yeah he said you remember them prayers you prayed you remember every step of faith you took feeding them prophets he said you remember how you stood by me and Obadiah said yes sir he said well now I'm going to stand by you and I'm going to stand by the ones you love I want you to know every prayer matters everything you do for God matters if you vacuuming carpets teaching or anything in between every prayer every labor every tear every sweat I I don't care whether you're the preacher at the pulpit or you're sitting on the back row. If you do something for the glory of God, it matters. And if you do it by faith and you yield your life to God, there's a faith that'll be rewarded and a family that'll be remembered. Boy, sometimes I get to going down the road and the devil says, you ought to quit. You're going to lose your family. Look all you've wasted. Is it even worth it? Look where you're at. But you know what? I love this text because it's helped me like very few have. Because you know what I can do now that God's has showed me this? And my preacher friend got me a thinking about it. I can flip open the first kings. And I can say, devil, you're a liar. If your God stood by Obadiah, even through a graveyard, God will stand by me. God may let you go to heaven before your prayers are answered. He sure did for my grandpa. But about a year and a half later, I started preaching and grandpa's prayers were answered and every time I stand like today I wonder if heaven says Carl take a look your prayers are still being answered God stood by you grandpa stood by the church God stood by his family I'm operating off the back of some unsung heroes of the faith some people that serve from the shadows that changed my life how they love the Lord changed me and we can change somebody you may not change for Virginia you may not change a pandemic you may not change what's happening in Washington but church if we get in the shadows and lock in with the Lord and say I don't care what everybody else says I'm getting my focus on him I'm going all the way for God you live for God you give God everything he puts in your and I promise you God will stand by you whether you're still down here up there there's a God that will reward you serving him especially In times like this, ask not what God can do for you. How about we ask God today what we can do for him and his church and his work. Every single one of you are very valuable to this church, this week's meeting, this year. And how we come out of this is going to be determined by every one of you from a teenager to a senior saint. Whether you were saved last week or 50 years ago. All of us have some place to serve on the wall. My prayer today, my heart is this, that God would put an Obadiah spirit in us. Say, I don't have to be on the limelight or on the platform. I don't have to have my name remembered. But God, I want to live faithful. I want to die faithful. And God, there's too many burdens. I asked you to raise your hand again. There's too many burdens. There's too many people I love. There's too many lost families. There's too much of this. There's too much of that for me to live selfishly. But I'm going to square up and one step at a time by faith, I'm going with God. I'm going with church, not away from the church. I'm going to be here if I can. I'm going to be present because it's hard to go to church if you don't assemble. If at all I can, I'm going to be here, I'm going to pray up, I'm going to study up, am going to live right, I'm going to do right. I'm going to love people, I'm going to back my preacher, I'm going to pray, I'm going to be an Obadiah. And I promise you, we link together. They can prepare for what we do, but they can't prepare for who we are. We get enough Obadiah stirring today, there ain't no telling what'll happen this week. For the glory of God. Mr. Renee's gonna play for us, is that all right? Yeah. They're gonna come. You stand all over the building. I know it's strange being out here. Maybe you wanna make your seat an altar. Maybe you wanna come kneel at these altars and just come stand at them. Daddy, why don't you gather your family up? Mama, whoever you're here with, got a friend here, whoever you trust. Wanna pray by yourself. find the Lord. But I challenge you today, Why don't we say, hey, we're in this together. Let's make a fresh dedication to God. Let's ask for an Obediah spirit. You mind the Lord while they sing.
1: You sing this course I, I need, need thee. thee oh I need
2: thee
1: every hour, every hour I need thee. Oh, bless oh bless me now my bless Savior,
2: me now, my Savior. I come
1: to before brother Ken sings that course or the second verse again I want to ask you one quick question Annie was giving her testimony about a grandson and how he got saved. And I got to thinking what would have happened if she quit praying last year? What would have happened if she quit praying 2 years ago? I remember a couple years ago, a precious lady walked the aisle to be saved and her sister come up and said, "Preacher, I've been praying for my sister for 38 years." She got saved this morning. How many of you would be honest and say, Preacher, i got somebody in my life that we're praying for right now. Somebody we're praying for. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Thank you, Miss Debbie, for fixing our altars for us. You can, as Brother Heath said, you can make your chair an altar. Or if you want to step up and stand or come and kneel, uh, we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes. And Brother Ken's going to sing us a second verse. And I want you to pray just for those loved ones. Whether you're at your seat, you want to come here, you can do it. Uh, and let's pray together for those in our families that need the Lord. Pray for them that God will speak to them. Maybe this week. Brother Ken, sing for us that second verse. I, I need, need thee. Temptations lose their power. When thou, art when thou art not, listen now.
2: I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee. Oh, oh bless me now.
1: and look this way. Didn't you enjoy Brother Heath this morning? Would you let him know how much you appreciate this young preacher? Amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much. Ushers, if you'll come make your way this morning, if you'll come make your way, ushers, don't forget, I know we're spread out this morning. You've got to keep these in your hands. We're not allowed to pass them. You keep them in your hands. And don't forget, fellas, help us out in the parking lot as well. I want to just say thank you to all of those men that came out and helped us set up yesterday. Uh, We got done in a pretty short amount of time. I appreciate it. Uh, And I know you saw the fellows walking around this morning in the parking lot. Uh, That's, of course, members of our security team, so don't get alarmed when you see them walking around with with the headpieces in their ears. Uh, We borrowed them from the Secret Service. Somebody say amen. Lord, bless the offering today. May it be what you'd have it to be. In Christ's name, amen. Play for us, Mr. Renee. I just told Brother Heath, I've heard Obadiah that story preached all my life and never heard it like that. What a great application this morning. Uh Uh, Don't forget now, service is tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We're looking forward to a good time. You come be with us if you possibly can. Father, thank you for your presence this morning, for meeting with us. God, it's been good to be at your house today. Thank you for the message that we heard, for the songs that you blessed us with. Bless our jubilee this week. Thank you, Lord, that we're still able to pull this off uh, by the grace of God and the help of your people. We love you today. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. You're dismissed. Thank you for being here this morning. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow evening.